0: and welcome to our weekly ICT4D conference podcast. My name is Sonia Ritzel from CRS and I'm interviewing experts for you to talk about digital development trends, innovations and good practice. Today is World Food Day and it's a pleasure for me to interview Deepak Parikh to talk about digital agriculture and emerging technologies, especially supporting farmers during the pandemic. Deepak, could you please introduce yourself to our audience?
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks a lot for this opportunity to address your awesome audience. Uh, I'm Deepak Parikh. I'm founder of uh, DigiAgri and ex-founder of Microp, two companies which worked on ground with farmers from Southeast Asia, going all the way to Africa, trying to help them increase their profitability and productivity using some of the cutting edge technologies, including artificial intelligence, machine learning, big data analytics, remote sensing. The idea is very simple, more crop per drop, per acre, per farmer and per dollar.
0: Thank you. And given your extensive experience in digital agriculture, particularly with emerging technologies, I would like to ask you specifically how we could better support farmers during this current COVID-19 pandemic and what kind of trends are you seeing in terms of using digital tools to support awareness of COVID-19 messages to the rural community and also other ways to support ongoing programming and business.
1: Yeah, sure. So actually the typical trends I've seen in past six months, since March, I've been interacting with farmers across uh, mostly developing countries, uh, India, Nepal, Indonesia, Vietnam, Philippines. Uh, One trend I can very easily see is that uh, they want to adopt community tools like WhatsApp a lot. So typically, if you see that, like, you know, the solutions which want to serve farmers, they need to move their solution in form of Automated bots which can use WhatsApp infrastructure to deliver message to the farmer. So for them to download a new application and understand that application and uh, the learning curve is a little bit steep. So they prefer getting the solution like you know, in form of WhatsApp messages. So that's one trend which which I am seeing that like you know the adoption is close to like you know month on month I've seen 18 to 20 percent with more and more farmers uh, getting into the WhatsApp groups and and sharing a lot of information within them. Uh, Second thing which I have seen is that uh, there was a lot of stress because of broken supply chains. Uh, Farmers were stressed to sell their output because in some of these uh, countries there was harvest season when the COVID led to a lot of lockdowns in some of the countries. And the biggest challenge was selling their produce. And again, we found that like, you know, sharing images, parameters of the crop through social media channels, including WhatsApp, Facebook, that help farmer to sell a lot of their produce. They Some of the farmers are progressive enough that actually they created for their village a Facebook page and they started putting whatever the produce was available for that village. And we supported them by helping them learn these digital technology in a faster way. than otherwise they would have so basically the whole idea is that the collaborative approach where more farmers coming together and we delivering them the solution on the platform they are already, rather than creating a new application to reach out to the farmers, they are on Facebook, reach them on Facebook. If they are on WhatsApp, reach them on WhatsApp. Now that is a part of the delivery. As part on the back end side, what are the services they are looking at? First thing is that they are very keen to get the insights which are actionable. So, for example, in case I'm having a specific type of pest detection, what I'm supposed to do, that actionable insight they need to be delivered to them rather than telling them about a long process of good agriculture practices. So, they are looking at actionable insight. That's one. Second, there is also a growing trend in where actually farmers, cooperatives, they are trying to buy or rent tools like drones. For doing the spraying on the farm, so that they can reduce their own exposure, right, on the field, and uh, one drone can take care of like you know spraying uh, fields of four or five small and marginal farmers. So that is the second trend which I am seeing that automation, but the automation using digital technologies like drones and uh, bots. Third area which I see that you know farmer getting, I'll say that uh, more attuned to digital technology is that the collection of their own information. Previously, farmers were not very keen to share right information about them. Now, they are very, very keen to share what they are growing, how much land they are growing. And they are also okay to like, you know, do the geolocation using the application of their field. So that like, you know, whether or the using remote sensing, the actionable insight can be delivered to them. So, these are three areas broadly, which I see like becoming a big plus for the farmers during these COVID times. Now, coming to the about sending the message of COVID uh, and, and how to respond to COVID on the health side. Again, uh, WhatsApp and Facebook, I believe, are the tools which farmers have adopted. So those are the good tools for reaching out to the farmers. And uh, even the penetration of these tools have increased substantially in rural economy and rural communities.
0: Thank you. That has been a wonderful um, overview of different trends, reaching from communication, behavioral technology, social media to automation and remote sensing. You covered a, a big ground, and we can see a lot of things are happening. As you already mentioned at the beginning, particular adaptation and user-centered design are very crucial at the moment to change to the current situation and changing situations as well as to the specific needs of farmers. Could we talk a little bit more about this? So particularly, how are you seeing services being adapted to the new COVID-related information or provide solutions to COVID-related market disruptions? also how to better understand our response to changing farmers' needs with real-time feedback mechanisms.
1: Yeah, sure. So like, you know, you got it very right. Like, you know, adoption becomes a big challenge when we talk about digital agriculture technologies, or even like, you know, reaching out with the digital solution to rural communities. The one of the reason is that actually because of their understanding of these technologies limited, the trust is little bit lacking. So adoption is only possible if you initiate giving them some value where their actually financial cost is not there. So whenever, for example, when I said WhatsApp, because there is no cost at the farmer side, they are okay to test it and then start using the services when they see value, they're also ready to pay for the services. So the adoption will happen. First, we have to work on a typical model where it is a freemium model where actually initially there is no upfront cost to the farmers. Uh, Second thing is that we have to keep whatever services we are delivering them of immediate value That in case it is either making their life a little bit comfortable, uh, where they don't need to venture out too much out of their house. For example, like, you know, delivering agri-inputs to the doorstep. So typically, agri-input e-commerce is picking up. Secondly, which makes them more productive when in farm, if they already know that actually not every day I have to go to check the moisture of my soil, I'll get a trigger message saying that today I need to go and irrigate. They love that because, like, you know, that reduces their, uh, like, you know, activity on field and that makes them more productive. And third area of adoption, which uh, I believe, like, you know, is key to them is that trying to make everything very, very simple and intuitive rather than them to be like, you know, going through a lot of menus or like, you know, I've seen in some of the application where, like, you know, you have created very, very complex menus for them to understand. Uh, something should be on, I'm saying that immediately, easily actionable is what the typically rural communities are looking forward to. Again, coming to like, you know, about the COVID, see challenges that you'll find that the rural communities, they have a biggest challenge of physical infrastructure, right? So when we have to reach out to them, uh, like, you know, physically it becomes a little bit of constraint. Digital technologies can reduce that to the part to the end user in the rural community, and that is what I believe is should be the focus of when we are trying to deliver services to the farmers, and specific providing them the updates on the healthcare, providing them right you know the right way of doing the farm meetings, providing them the updates about like you know in case somebody is showing the symptoms, how to track those symptoms and what action need to be taken depending on the local administrative uh, I'll say processes. So all those things need to be delivered to them and. I'll say that scalable opportunity of using digital technology to do that for sure.
0: Thank you. You just mentioned as well, like supporting the digital COVID response and updating information around healthcare. And very much I see with your work, it's a very multi-sectoral approach and a very focus also on partnerships, which is becoming more and more important and pertinent for our sector. And specifically now during the pandemic. So I would like to talk to you a little bit more about this multi-sectoral approach. What can be learned from other sectors like the health or education sector? And if you had some insights on how the agricultural sector and maybe specifically how INGOs could better collaborate with the tech sector.
1: When you take a multi-sectoral or multi-participant approach, then only you'll be able to solve some deep-rooted problems of agriculture. So it's very, very critical that actually like, you know, there are collaboration, there are partnership. See, one of the reason if you see in past six or seven years, a lot of promising technologies, they were piloted, but they didn't picked up. One of the strong reason behind that was that actually because they were focused on one part of the problem and tried to solve those problem and without much of collaboration. So it ended up like, you know, creating a model which works in a very specific type of scenarios. And that has led to where the scalability become a big challenge. When we take an approach, for example, we did it in like state in Gujarat uh, in, in India called Gujarat, where we work with the farmers growing potatoes, where we in, in, involved um, typically development agencies, we involve input companies, we involved output companies, farmers, extension services providers, and the government bodies. When all of them were on the same platform and they started working with the farmers, we were able to increase their profitability by 18 and, percent. And that's scaling very fast now. The reason being that actually when you are having a win-win situation for multi-stakeholder people, then the actually your possibility of deploying resources become very, very huge. And that has been a big challenge when we talk about digitization of agriculture because there is a between eight to six $16 per annum cost of digitization itself. Now farmer cannot pay that because like you know most of the farmers across the world, specifically 150 odd countries which are developing countries they cannot afford paying those 8 or $16 per annum for digitization. Governments are also having a limited resource that they cannot deploy that amount of money to digitize farmer. So somebody has to foot that bill. When you are having multi-stakeholder uh, approach, that value gets distributed at the same time, the costs also get distributed. Hence, it creates a better possibility of scaling it up because now there is a win-win situation for everyone. NGOs would be playing a very, very vital role here because while doing all this um, multi-participant approach, the challenge is the trust. So when an input company try to be the owner of such uh, collaborative project or a network, right, there is always uh, like, you know, farmer concern that actually would it be pro-input, similarly pro-output or pro-government, when there is an NGO which is actually trying to lead this initiative, automatically, like, you the trust factor comes in because NGO goes with the mindset of that they are not in there for profit. So I strongly believe that INGOs in going forward, they need to basically collaborate with tech companies, create along with them uh, viable projects and then bring on other stakeholders, showing the situation to them, and then any sort of technology can be rolled out and fine-tuned and made successful. I'll give you an example of blockchain-based like, you know, solution. Now, it's beautiful. It gives transparency. It gives fairness to the trade of agriculture. Now, to deploy it, you cannot be just either a farmer or a tech company or an input company. You need to have a basically multi-stakeholder approach. And those type of things would, I believe, that if NGOs are able to drive it, would lead to scalable, successful result in digital agriculture.
0: Thank you. That's a very fantastic explanation of the role and importance of INGOs in this sector. We only have very limited time for this interview. And I would just like to ask you one final question. And particularly, I want to ask you, what is your future outlook Especially now with the um, the current end of digitization, you already mentioned uh, some very interesting statistics on that, and the increase of the use of technologies. Do you see this as an opportunity to rethink the agricultural value chain and partnerships, particularly around ict for ag and maybe even an opportunity to t- disrupt some more traditional agricultural extension systems for a more effective approach?
1: Yeah, 100%. I believe like today we are standing at point of, uh, I'll say that success or a failure. Our world would be defined by what we do today. So if we see that actually what we have been doing so far, that we have ended up in a situation where where we are having close to 850 million people going to bed without two square meals and we are having close to uh, 500 million farmers who are in severe poverty, right? And that is what we have been able to create so far. Now to undo that, we'll have to bring in disruption and disruption is only possible when you use technology for very simple. We need to make the agriculture value chain fair, fast and fresh. And that is only possible when we are able to deploy these technologies in a way where it is profitable for the farmer. At the same time, it reduces the inefficiency and shorten the supply chains and finally get safe and secure food for the end user. Now, here, what I believe is that going forward, our future, I believe in future, in next 10 years, you'll find 80% of the farmers across the world would be using digital tools in one way or another, right? So that will lead to creating a lot of data context and hence uh, insight for everybody to see making this trade more transparent, which is the need of the art. We have lived too long in opacity in agriculture value chains where the person who is eating the food is not safe or secure or not and at the same time farmer is not getting the fair price now this is gonna end I see in next 10 years because if you are not able to do that believe me like you know we are having far far bigger challenges on our hands because uh, 28 percent of the land used today is used for the food which would be going to a dustbin right we are having very inefficient value chain secondly if you see that only 18% of the final cost of the produce which you purchase from the supermarket goes to the farmer who puts 80% of economical effort. So these are not sustainable. This is only possible when we have digital technologies reshaping the whole industry. And that is what I believe the future is all about.
0: That is, yeah, a very bright look of the future. I really hope you're right. And I know we didn't really have time now to talk about uh, digital literacy. and how we support the understanding of the technology and the use and and distribution of technology. But that might be a discussion for another time. Thank you so much for all your insights. I thought that was very interesting.
1: Thanks. Pleasure is mine. And wish you a very, very happy World Food Day.
0: And thank you all out there for tuning in. More information about our upcoming podcasts and webinars can be found on our website, ictpudeponference.org. Hope you will join us again next week.